You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. We've been doing our mailbag segments on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays during the season, so we are going to dip into the Peacock and Williamson mailbag from Twitter and hit some of your questions, a little stock up, stock down, as we've been doing on Wednesdays before we turn the page to look toward week four of this quickly moving NFL season. Quick note about a show on the network that I want to let you guys know about that is really cool. And if you are into betting, and we talk a lot about lines and things on this show, and there is a podcast on the network dedicated to just that, Locked On Bets. It doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL, is where you can contact Matt and I and get involved in any of these mailbag episodes. A quick bit of news before we get started, and Matt, uh, we forgot a game from Sunday. Yeah. I mean, two full shows breaking down game, Sunday, and right. we still missed one. Broncos, Jets, I want to get to that, but a quick bit of news here really quick. Richard Sherman, he visited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it looks like another great recruiting job by Tom Brady because Richard Sherman is now signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've lost a couple corners this year. Great fit, um, you know, just a, a quick, easy veteran to plug and play for a team that's trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't know what he has left. You know, they need some corner help, um, veteran leadership, all those good things. How can it hurt? But, you know, my takeaway with this is just what a friendly environment is or attractive environment it is for veterans to go to Tampa. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go play with Brady. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, warm I mean, weather. Like, it, it, yeah, no, no state income tax. You know, like, how, this is like. A retirement home. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a retirement home for NFL players. And who knows, <laughs> right, if Tom right. can keep recruiting guys, and why would you not want to go play in that exactly. defense or in that offense with Tom Brady, with all the other talent they have, and they keep collecting them, and it just adds to the viability of it all. And so uh, maybe Tom can keep going until he's 50 if he keeps getting the best players in the league who are free agents just to come down to, to Florida and play them. Yeah, and, and I'm sure – Arians isn't going to grind them too much in practice yeah. or, you know, I mean, let them be professionals. They've been around the block. There's a bunch of Hall of Famers running around that have won a lot of games that are up in years. And yeah, what a great community for the the, the elderly. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. It is the NFL's retirement <laughs> community. I never really thought of it like that just because of the age of guys. Although... I don't know how long Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, is going to be around there. And there is a question about uh, maybe a job that could open up in the NFL on uh, on our mailbag segment today. Um, another bit of news here, and this was the minimum that rookie wide receiver Rashad Bateman, you go on IR to return, you have to be on IR for three weeks. It's been three weeks, and now the Baltimore Ravens are not only activating their rookie first-round wide receiver in Rashad Bateman, but also Miles Boykin, according to the team. So getting a couple of receivers back for Lamar Jackson in that Baltimore Ravens offense. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go this week necessarily. You know, he's hitting the practice field for the first time on Wednesday. I don't know if that means he'll have a role yet in week four, but it's good news that it's the minimum time for Rashad Bateman to spend on IR, and he's going to be back with the team soon, and I think he will be at some point very soon the target hog for that Ravens offense. Yeah, I really like the player. 
I think he's the style of, I'm not saying he's a number one, but the style of a number one receiver that can beat man coverage, has some physicality, can attack all levels of the field that they really need. I think it's been a little underreported, but I think Lamar's throwing the ball better this year than any year of his career, and they're throwing it a higher percentage of the time. And, you know, if Marquise Brown doesn't drop a couple bombs against the Lions, everyone's talking about Lamar and, you know, wow, I mean, he won me my my week in fantasy. And, you know, so he's doing everything he can. And frankly, I think his pass catchers, well, not the running backs, but his receivers and tight ends are a lot better than I expected them to be. Brown's been really good now for about a dozen games in a row. Andrews is getting back to what he was two years ago. Watkins is fine. Throw Bateman in the mix. It's not a bad group of receivers. Yeah, and, and the Bateman aspect is what they need because I think he's the more do-it-all guy. I think he'd be a yeah, chain mover, yeah. but he can also make some big plays. He's a good route runner. And Brown is sort of the hit-or-miss guy where maybe one week he disappears, a couple catches, doesn't break one. Uh, you know, he had sort of a fluky touchdown this year, so maybe his numbers are somewhat inflated for how his usage has been. But then he'll have the week where he gets six or seven balls, and a couple of them are long ones, and he has this, you know 60-yard touchdown. So he's going to be volatile as far as production goes. Um, for your quarterback, though, I think that security blanket and, you know, nice to have the veteran and Watkins there and, of course, the tight end and Andrews. But I think Rashad Bateman has to be that guy. That's what they're hoping. And uh, good returns early in camp. And uh, you hope that he stays healthy and can be that guy now that he's missed the first part of his rookie year. Might take him a little bit longer to get going. But, you know, in a couple weeks, your fantasy football teams might need that guy. Yeah, yeah. And the Ravens will certainly need him at some point. And even if it takes a little bit, I mean, if it takes till mid-year until he really gets his footing in the NFL – the guys they have there, okay. I mean, they're good enough. We got to talk about the Broncos and the Jets. A blowout win that we missed, and thank you to everybody who pointed that out to us. I'm glad people are paying attention, by the way, Matt, to our, our podcast. It's uh, <laughs> right. I want to say Nobody it was done on purpose just to check if they were watching, but that was, that was a screw-up on our part that we missed a game, and I think we did that once last year as well. And apologies to the Jets fans that listen to the show every week and the Broncos fans that listen to the show every week. The Jets fans were probably not upset that we didn't talk about it, and I don't know if they want to relive that scenario of – uh, a 26 nothing blowout. I mean, that was just all Broncos all day. And the Broncos have had a nice little schedule, too, as pointed out by some listeners. And, and we might want to tie this question in in a second. But uh, what would you think about this blowout? How good are the Broncos? How bad are the Jets? And real quick, I don't even know if anything more needs to be said about this game than here are the Jets' possessions against the Broncos. Punt, 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 end of half. Punt, punt. Turnover on downs, interception, turnover on downs, interception. Ball game. Wow. I just turned in an article that I write every week for the Steelers' official website, and it's all kinds of stats and things like that and trends for the upcoming Steeler game. And one of the things I blurbed was the Steelers are averaging 4.7 points scored in the first half through three games, which is horrendous. 31st in the league. Well, the Jets are averaging one point per half for first half. I mean, they've scored a field goal <laughs> in the first half through three games. Oh, my God. So bad. <laughs> so bad. They go into halftime with one point in their pocket. I think they're the worst team in the league. Um, they would be 32nd in a power rank if I were to do it right now. Too much is asked of Wilson. They have faced some tough defenses, you know, including Carolina. And, you know, I mean, 
the, the Patriots as well. So, I mean, they played good defenses, which lends itself to our strength of schedule conversation. But no Mackay Becton. I'm not necessarily worried about Wilson, but it's abysmal right now. It's it's a tough situation, but you're right. Like Panthers, Patriots, Broncos. That's not a good draw to start the season. Like no, let's. I, I want to wait until and the Titans next week are, are playing some pretty good ball in defense. Uh, I got to wait until Falcons week five. If they put up only three points against the Falcons in week five, then we'll know. Okay, the worst team in the league. So I'm going to wait on that. And it, it's a tough schedule for the Jets. They're not going to win very many games. Um, I don't. Do they play the Jaguars or Texans? Do they? Do they? They do. They play the Texans. Okay, that's going to be a good one then. Uh, November 28th. So, yo, we'll, we'll, that's going to have some serious draft implications there. That'll be fun. I think uh, they play that whole division, which might make them look a little better. Right. Yes. Uh, oh, they, yeah. They do have. Oh, there we go. Okay, Jaguars. Yeah, both. Uh, yeah. In, uh, in December, a month later. So, late December, day after Christmas, we're going to have. Jaguars Jets that's going to be huge for draft pick implications so that'll play itself out there those three teams are not going to collect a lot of wins I don't know that I'd put the Jets 32nd I think they've had a tougher draw than some of those other teams so far but um it's close you know they're they're at best 30th right that's 30 31 and 32 in the league is those three teams so uh the New York Jets they like rookie coaching staff rookie quarterback need a lot more talent on defense but the offense I thought would do a little bit more but we're seeing all the rookie quarterbacks right now struggle so oh, yeah. um, that that that's just a t- that's just a tough situation for the Jets to be in right now and and I think the Broncos are legit too so I don't want to say that this is oh well, uh, the Broncos got to play the Jets, so the Broncos 3-0 and is you know fraudulent in some way because I love how efficient the Broncos have been offensively. They've lost now a second receiver, which I hate. K.J. Hamler is done. They're probably going to get Judy back, but Cortland Sutton and, and Tim Patrick are also pretty good, so I think they're going to be all right there. And, you know, Fant at tight end. And I like the way Teddy Bridgewater is playing. I think it's a perfect compliment there to the, to the brand of ball they're playing on the defensive side. Von Miller looks like vintage Von Miller, which is something we weren't sure about. So uh, I'm still high on the Broncos. I'm not worried at all about that uh, that strength of schedule so far. Uh, I'm not particularly either. I, I am very impressed with Bridgewater. He's pushing the ball down the field much more than I expected. My baseline for him was very low. But I will say he's kind of the perfect quarterback to beat these bad teams, too, because he's not going to ever lose it for you and throw three picks against the Jets when he shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to play close to the vest and take what's there, which when you're the more talented team is wonderful. I mean, if you're 3-0, and you're going to be in the playoff hunt. And Denver, to me, deserves to be and will be. Great defense. I mean, one of the best defenses in the league. Five sacks in this game. Um, I do like their skill position dudes, especially when Judy returns. But I mean, even like Javante Williams and Albert O and, you know, some of these younger guys that aren't even full-time players yet are quality dudes. Munchak coaching up the O-line. Yeah, I think Denver's legit. But I do think strength of schedule and teams you played absolutely matters. You know, I mean, you, you can't ignore those things, especially only a month or so in the season. All right, uh, I've got another question on that coming up. We've got some other questions here in the mailbag that cover some other bad teams and some good teams alike. And then our stock up, stock down on this uh, heading into week four Wednesday next. 
As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You probably learned a little something over the early part of the 2021 NFL season about some teams. Maybe you feel confident that you want to bet on some NFL spreads you see week to week. Over-unders, MVPs, Rookie of the Year. There are a number of different things you can bet on when it comes to the NFL, college football. There are odds, props, contests, uh, an updated site interface. And Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. You can find news at betonline.ag. If you don't want to bet on the NFL, there is basketball, boxing, baseball, Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season and use promo code locked on to get a welcome bonus. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey everyone, this is Matt Williamson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Uh, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Uh, just do- download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code Touchdown and get a bonus of $0.25 cents per gallon on your fill-up. That's that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Uh, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catches here involved. So the cash back gets added right into your account. You can you can cash out anytime to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon. Just download the free Get Upside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. So the question is sort of threefold here when it comes to strength of schedule. We talked about the Broncos side of that. This question from Brad, he said, how underrated are schedules? If you give any 500 team the schedules that the Broncos and Panthers have had, they'd have been 3-0-2. We saw it last year with the Steelers, teams benefiting from soft schedules. And I will say that the Panthers' schedule even softer than the Broncos. You look at what the Panthers got to start the season with was Jets, Saints, Texans. So we're talking about two of the three worst teams in the NFL there and the Saints who are going to be volatile week to week. Now, again, I like the Panthers and I think they're really good, but we'll see how good these teams are when they hit the teeth of their schedule. Now, that just might mean that instead of being undefeated, they lose a game or two and and they're still, you know, really good teams and playoff teams, which I think is what will end up happening with both the Broncos and the Panthers because I do like both teams. But yeah, looking at them and saying, oh, 3-0, look how great they are. They're probably... um, they're probably too high in power rankings if you're basing it just on record after three weeks, which is a small sample anyway, no matter who the opponents are. Yeah, and one other note about the Panthers. I mean, that Saints win looks great, but that was the week that they had their entire coaching staff on COVID, and you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it, right. it, they, they got him at the right time. And I think that there's some logic, too. Unfortunately, it's a hindsight thing. You know, you, you look at some teams and be like, Man, they got to play the Colts when Andrew Luck was hurt, or you know what I mean. Like y- you look at the circumstances all the way down. They beat Denver last year when Denver didn't have a quarterback because of COVID. You know, <laughs> like it's. I mean, you have to look at each one of them. Like, did I luck out with injuries and things like that too? But I, I think I put a lot of stock in who you played, and you know, one of these things 
the uh, you know that the, the analytics folks and football outsiders has done going back forever is they put a lot of stock in history shows that the really good teams blow out the really bad teams you know and i'm not going to say the broncos 26-0 win was a blowout but it's in that conversation you know like they don't just narrowly beat the teams that they should kill they crush them i mean that's a sign of being a really good team in this league which makes sense i mean you're just dominating every facet and by the third or fourth quarter it's not even a competition anymore so i'm a big proponent of who did you play um even like the bills like the bills have been great in the last two weeks but the steelers went healthy because they rushed the passer so well just weren't a particularly good matchup for them you know i mean that allen didn't handle that pass rush as well as he did the next couple teams or you know, looking back at things, you know, I, I always bring back the Steelers. I'm so, so close to them, but I just use them as an example. All the teams, the Steelers lost to the or the Steelers played the Bills, the Raiders, and the Bengals. And looking at it, you'd think, boy, that's not very good defenses. But the more we learn, wow, the Raiders' defense doesn't stink. The Bengals' defense doesn't stink. The Bills' defense might be the best in the league. Now that doesn't excuse Roethlisberger for and company for being terrible. But it explains it a little bit better. It's more context. How about this one? And they're definitely a stock up for me is the Buffalo Bills because of what has happened the last two weeks versus week one. And that's super easy one. But this surprised me looking at the standings this week is the Buffalo Bills have plus 50 point differential, which is the highest in the league. It's tied for the highest in the league with the Broncos. The Broncos just got 26 of those points this week against the Jets. But the Bills lost in week one. So they got that plus 250 back and more in just two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and again, I keep bringing it back to the Steelers, but I mean this as a general statement. This week, I did tons of work on the Packers. Well, they've played three games and have looked like the Packers in two of them. It didn't show up for one. So a lot of their stats and you know their point differential is a little skewed because they had one, one performance that's very, very likely to be the outlier over a 17-game schedule for Green Bay. You know, so... After three games, you really have to pay attention. But once you get a dozen, ten games in the books, those things balance out. Right, yeah, and that's why it's such a small sample. you got to wait for yeah. a while in the season. You learn a lot every week about every team in the NFL. The ball bounces funny, so it stabilizes the deeper you go into the season. And by the way, looking at this Panthers schedule, we'll talk about this game tomorrow, but Panthers at Cowboys coming up this week is going to be a fun one. Ooh. And it's talking about yeah. learning. We'll learn a lot about both those teams probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um what was I? Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention too about context, like analyzing the Browns last year. And these are things that are going to happen every year, but they had a three game stretch where their weather, as often as the case in Cleveland, is horrific. So do we expect Baker Mayfield to throw for 400 yards when a torrential downpour and the cold and the slop? You know, like you have to pay attention to those things too when those trends hit. I want to shout out really quick Mr. Controversy himself, who's been keeping track of our picks this season. And uh, this week, I wish he wouldn't have been keeping track. Man, I got destroyed in my picks against the spread. Straight up, we're looking pretty good, Matt. But against the spread, uh, especially this week, was a was a rough one for us. And I was much worse than you, even. So where are we at? <laughs> oh, gosh, we are. Let's see. Overall, pull it up again real quick. So uh, overall results, I'm 32 and 16, you're 29 and 19, which is pretty good. Uh, against the Nothing. spread, though, 
Uh, we're both under 500, and this week, or in week three, I was only 4-12 and 12 against the spread, even though I was over 500. So those teams that won weren't covering the spread for me and you. We were both outright results 9-7. and seven. I was 4-12 and 12 against the spread. You were 6-10 and 10 against the spread. Six and ten. I ain't gonna cut it. Nope, not gonna cut it. That's not gonna be in the money, Matt. So we gotta we gotta correct that this week with our picks on on Thursday and Friday. So we will try to do that. And, and thanks again, Mister Controversy, for keeping track of those and listening to the show on the I, daily. Yeah, go ahead. I, I will say I have placed some money down, not a lot, but each of the three weeks, and I've made money each of the three weeks. So that's easy for me to say, and I could be lying and nobody would know it, <laughs> but the ones I felt the strong about, strongest that, about have gone well. Well, that's true, and, and that's the tough part is you have to pick every game the way we do it, and we wouldn't necessarily bet every game. We say that a lot. It's like, well, I have to pick a side here, but I wouldn't put money on this game. We always talk about right. that, uh, and maybe we should talk a little bit more about the ones we would put money on and, and our bets we like the most each week. Maybe uh, maybe we, we'll, we'll, we'll lock in some, and that'll be a little bit more of an indicator about uh, what we We'd actually do money wise versus just picking every game because it's a lot more difficult to pick every game. I'm putting five units on that game. I'm putting <laughs> yeah, one exactly. unit on this game, and we're really going to make our our Twitter follower work. And he have to figure out how many units we won throughout the course of the week. I know? mean, like, Mr. Controversy. I don't know how much free time he has, but that might be a little bit much. <laughs> apparently, <to ask>. some. <laughs> Uh, Grant says, given how the Lions have managed to hang around pretty much every week with a bad to mediocre roster, do we think Dan Campbell might be a good coach? I think, yeah. I mean, the early yeah. returns on Dan Campbell, I think, are, are huge, and I wasn't sold at all, and I didn't like the tough guy, bite ankles stuff. I've never really bought too much into that, but seeing the team play, and we'll see if they can continue to lose and, and fight that hard. It's easier for a couple weeks to do that, and we'll see if it weighs on that team, but early returns are good on Dan Campbell, right? Absolutely. I love the competitiveness. I think he's maximizing a terrible roster. Um, you know, Little things like signing Jamal Williams in the the preseason or in the off season, and Anthony Lynn saying he's our A back and Swift is our B back. You know, it didn't sound good to the fantasy community going into the season, but I think they've handled you know the Swift Williams situation extremely well. They inherited Swift, and they're getting a ton out of that player. Same with Hawkinson, so they understand some of the things they inherited and aren't just turning their back on them. Here's my worry, and we may never find this out, you know, who's to say, but there are a lot of coaches, you know, particularly in college, where you take over a bad program, your answer to most things are work harder, you know, be tougher, and you get, you know, a a failing, you know, college program up to, you know, they go to a bowl game here and there, and, you know, they're seven and four, six and five every year and 500 or better. But then you hit your head on the ceiling and that's your only answer. Yeah. All right. More questions and some stock up, stock down to finish up this Wednesday episode of Peacock and Williamson. Did you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone like coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, If you don't know, now you know, and they've always got special flavors running through like cookie dough chunk, 
which is awesome. But man, peanut butter still my number one. What is your favorite flavor of Built Bar? If you're not sure, you can do a mixed box of Built Bars. Not only are they the best tasting protein bar on the market, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in every bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Two more quick questions, Matt, and then we will, uh, and questions don't usually turn out to be quick, but we'll see how quick we can go here. Um, Barry wants to know, and there's been a lot of talk on Twitter today about the Bears' next head coach. Like, essentially, Bears fans are like, okay, Nagy's gone. Like, gone, gone. Like, that's the way they think about it. Who is the Bears' next head Forward coach? Or conclusion. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with it. I, I hated what I saw last week with the Bears. And, really and we'll give them some more time. You're not going to, don't need to fire them in week four, but, you know, week 10 that might have to be the case uh let's see if he can turn things around and i want to see i want to see at least a couple of boot actions and and rollouts and you know move the pocket for justin fields at the minimum you're an offensive coach i mean what the heck are you doing over there but um do, do any of these names make sense to you do you go young hot shot offensive coordinator um do you go brian dable is a name that's going to be popular in the hiring circle this off season uh joe brady uh, maybe the guy over there in Baltimore because you got an athletic quarterback. I think Greg Roman's going to be a name that's thrown out there, but Todd Bowles is an interesting one to me. And we talked a little bit about Dan Campbell, maybe just a, a force that solidifies things, a defensive minded head coach. Who does he bring an offensive coordinator would be a big question there though. But there's, is there a name that jumps out to you? We're like, man, this guy it should be the next head coach of the bears. I haven't given it much thought. The enemy would be another one to throw in there too. I mean, he's been bouncing around forever with you know being a candidate, but never really gets a, the call. The league just does uh, doesn't like the enemy as much as we think they yeah. should, right? I get that feeling. I get that feeling too. Um, I was with Todd Bowles with the Browns, and I'm very impressed with him as a human being, as a leader. I would have no hesitations hiring him as a head coach. But the names you mentioned. Brian Dayball really jumped out amongst mm-hmm. a, a good group that you mentioned just because Fields and Allen certainly have some similarities. You know, big, strong, fast, powerful, you know, deep arms. Fields is actually the much more accurate player of the two at the same age. Yes. You know, I, I would... And the development, just to just to know that right. you, there's a guy who's already developed this say. young, wild, stallion, super talented quarterback. That's got to weigh a lot if you're looking at head coaches, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't at the top of the list. Yeah, you know, hey, Allen Robinson, you're going to do everything we ask of Stephon Diggs. You know, hey, Darnell Mooney, you're going to do the Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown role. And we realize we don't have everything, but we have – a plan in place around a quarterback, you know, small example, like early in Allen's career, and it's really still held true. Look at the bills players on offense around Allen that aren't running backs. They're all veterans from outside the organization. You know, they were let's surround our young talented thoroughbred with a bunch of dudes that have been around the block. You know, that one year they went out and signed like eight offensive linemen, (laughs) you know, I mean, this, Uh, throw a bunch at the the, the fence and see what sticks. 
I think Dayball would bring a bring Fields along very, very well. And frankly, that's all I care about. The clock has officially started on Matt Nagy, and he can't go back to Dalton. Like he's almost in a no-win situation here unless he sticks with Fields and Fields starts to play awesome. And they really turn that around. That, that that's the only way that Nagy can save his job right now, and um, that, it's going to be a tough ask. We'll we'll see how that goes for the Chicago Bears the rest of the season. It is still early; they're only one and two right now. Um, quick question they here: have from one more performance that resembles the one this past week, though, oh, yeah. and, and maybe he is gone I mean, by week five if that's the case. Like at some point, just, right. just let uh, is it Bill Lazor as the offensive coordinator? Somebody else has to call the plays at very minimum. Just send the message that right. this isn't acceptable, right? Uh, this is from Anthony. What do you guys think about the new playoff scheduling? Assume if you play that Monday, you won't play until following Sunday, which is the same as playing Sunday wildcard weekend and then following with the Saturday on the road, right? And that's a good point. Like, as long as you don't have to play Monday, Monday to Saturday, I guess it's not that big a deal. Right. And frankly, I hadn't thought about that angle. I originally thought, man, I feel bad for the Monday nighters. Although that is a night game. I mean, people don't realize that, Whoever played this past Monday night, I mean, or any Monday night game, if you're the road team, win or lose, by the time you do interviews, shower, get on a police escort to your your chartered plane, fly wherever you're going to go, land, charter back to your facility, get in your car, drive home, it's probably 4 a.m. I mean, depending on time, you know, if you go from east to west, west to east, whatever. But if you're even in the same time zone, it's probably 4 a.m. before you actually get in your bed, if you're lucky. The next day is wasted. Right. So, yeah, it would be a short week, just like a team that goes from Sunday to Saturday, you know, during the, a wild card, you know, to divisional round. But it's harder because right. it's a night game. It's and essentially it's, you know, you're, you're you losing really a, lose a day. You're losing an extra day. Right. You are. Yeah. So it is. But I guess I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, for selfish reasons, I want every dollar to go to the NFL and eventually it trickles down to Peacock and Williamson in some way, shape, or form. So more eyes on it, the better. I guess it's a little more digestible for you and I that are going to watch every snap of every playoff game anyway. It's not like games overlap, though. It's better for Um, us. And of course, people will say, well, win the division and don't get the wild card then. Or, you know, it's like. Yeah, that logic doesn't hold up because somebody's going to get the wild card. Right, someone's going to get anyway. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see how that actually shapes out and how it affects teams. But it's not ideal for the players and the teams. But, yeah, it's not bad for us. That's for sure. Uh, Real quick, we've got a couple minutes left here. Any big stock ups, stock downs from week three for you, Matt? One of my favorites, and I'm just throwing you a softball here. My man Brandon (laughs) Ayuk is a stock up. I think he's back. I mean, he's getting snaps. Um, I, 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 it's so hard with Kyle Shanahan. The more I, the more closely I follow the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, the less I am convinced about what he's going to do next. He, he just has his own okay. way about how he looks at things, yeah, how he yeah. looks at games, how he looks at putting together a game plan, how he looks at his own roster. You think he loves the guy and he trades three draft picks to get him. And then the next season, after a promising start, uh, he, he doesn't get utilized, and he's the, an afterthought in the offense. And we've seen that happen multiple times now with, with Kyle Shanahan. And it worries me a little bit for Trey Lance, by the way, who's not seeing the field a lot right now. But when you see other— Yeah, I guess at, Sermon for that matter. And Sermon I mean, too, right? And, yeah, right, right, And right. I got the feeling that Sermon wasn't so much of like the pure Shanahan 
back, and maybe the sixth rounder was. Maybe that's why they took two running backs, and it's probably why Elijah Mitchell now is getting the playing time over. And and who knows? Maybe there's something behind the scenes where there's a coaching versus scouting philosophy thing going on in the building uh, in San Francisco, and we'll find out about that. And there was so much argument about the quarterbacks, if maybe Kyle liked Mac and the scouting department liked Lance and who won out there. We'll see, and maybe we'll learn more about that kind of stuff. But I just don't know. And he should be a stock up. He should be a buy low right now. And, in fact, I just traded for Brandon Ayuk in our Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League, so I agree with you somewhat, but I'm not ready to start him yet this week either. No, I'm not ready quite to start him, but I'm. if we were doing a fantasy buy low segment, he'd be the top of my yes. list. Yes, no, I don't disagree with that. And look, Debo is another issue there, there because he's had so many like soft tissue injuries and minor nagging injuries. He could get hurt very easily, very soon. And then it's Brandon Ayuk all day. It kind of has to be, right? And, and so he could get a huge target share all of a sudden. So um, he's definitely a smart buy low right now. So go get Brandon Ayuk. Here's another one. We talked I heard about the craziest Judy and- Niner stat I was going to throw at you. Oh, sure. You probably heard this, and if you didn't, pretend like you did because okay. it makes you sound smarter. <laughs> the Niners have scored 11 touchdowns this year. Does that sound right? I think it's 11. Oh, and yes. I do. I just talked about this stat on the, on the Locked On 49ers today. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the only time in NFL history that a different player has scored a, a, a touchdown. You know, it's 11 different players scored it. And one of them isn't George Kittle. It's crazy. Yeah, 11 touchdowns by 11 different players to start the season. Hasn't happened since at least 1970. So in 50 years, it's it's the first time that's happened. And one of them isn't your best player. That's bonkers. It's pretty amazing. So um, we'll see if George Kittle makes that 12 for 12 here uh, next week against the Seahawks. We'll cover that game coming up. One more wide receiver I want to stock up is Tim Patrick for the Broncos. Mm. And I don't know that he's not the number one right now, even over Corlin Sutton, who's coming back from that injury. I've, I've liked Tim Patrick. He's been underrated for a long time. Now Judy and Hamler are both hurt in that offense. Um, he, he's a must play, I think, and even must start in fantasy football leagues right now. I mean, I don't who's the matchup for the Broncos this week? I probably shouldn't say he's a must start this week necessarily, but uh, I like Tim Patrick and he's just uh he's a really good player going against the Ravens. Oh, that's a good, another good. Okay, I'm liking this week 4 schedule. I hadn't even looked at it much. Got to prepare no, for tomorrow's to show, but um Tim Patrick's a stock up for me. He's a good one. Here's my only dispute with what you said because he was very much in the mix when Judy and the, when they're kept totally healthy, when Hamler, Judy, all those guys are there, they love Patrick. He's a really good football player. He sees the field all the time. Now the doors are opening for even more. But he's one of those guys to me that I pick him up. I'm happy about him. Sunday morning, I don't put the check mark in the box. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's, maybe this hasn't proven enough or. Haven't won games with them in the past. It's hard for me to hit start on Tim Patrick. I, I guess it depends. Wide receiver is so deep, so it depends what so you bad. have at the position. Right. But if you're struggling at all, I mean, he is a flex play, and he's fine. And he gets he is. he's big-bodied. He's good in the, in the red zone. And it's just a, another couple of ticks of, of targets there for a player who's already been super productive. So. Yeah. Um, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. I just don't ever start the guy when I and, and I and like so you'll do something where you have Tim Patrick and you have Rashad Bateman. You're like, oh god, first round wide receiver Rashad Bateman. I want to start the big time player and 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 swing for the fences, and then it ends up being Patrick who outperforms him. You know. Yes. Good one. So um, we're kind of out of time here. Any more you want to throw out there before we go? Uh, someone sort of along these lines too that is 
quietly becoming a very clear number one for his team and for fantasy is probably a two, despite swimming upstream against a rough current right now. A guy I love coming out of USC, Michael Pittman. See, I this is good because I want to stock down everything. I, I haven't liked what I've seen from Michael Pittman, the entire offense, Jonathan Taylor, even though me. Oh, the offense is bad. I mean, I, I just I don't like any of it. I, I just want to sell the whole thing. Um, they got the Dolphins coming Nelson up this Turner. week. Is that a good matchup? I, I don't think it is. The, the brand of football that the Dolphins play, I don't think there's a lot of fantasy points there. Then you got the Ravens. Um, I mean, I just don't know where someone like Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman are going to get right and start producing a ton. And I expected a lot. He's, I, I think those are maybe the two most disappointing fantasy players so far for me this year is both Taylor Pippen's and put Pippen. up numbers. Though. I mean, he's been okay, Pippen, but yeah. even as the guy who should have been the number one, I feel like there should be more there because he's he like I'm I'm starting Patrick over over him probably this week. Ooh, you know? Okay, we're going to disagree on that one. Okay. Okay, uh, and I might throw an offer in for Jonathan Taylor, especially if Marlon Mack gets traded, which is the newest rumor. It could be a buy low and wait one more week because I think may maybe even a couple of weeks. Then yeah, maybe you pick him up before that Texans week and in week uh, what is it week six maybe that's when you kind of want to have and then you get the Niners, Titans, Jets, Jaguars. It does get better, but there, it's a tough schedule for the Colts this year too. Man, the Colts are in a, in a bad in spot a bad to start place. zero and three, and that is not an easy schedule. I'm looking at this schedule, and there's like three or four wins on it. Oh, they're in a bad, bad place right now. Thanks to everybody who gives us questions every week and hollers at us on Twitter. Apologies if we did not get to your questions, but keep them coming. Maybe we'll hit them next week or filter them through our recaps or our game previews at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Back tomorrow, previewing week four right here, Peacock and Williamson.